This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. A video of the talk is also available along with more downloads at our website ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Well, good afternoon. The Bible, a book full of inspiration. Just what do we mean when we say that? In what way is it a book full of inspiration? Is it good ideas? You know, I was looking around and sort of trying to decide what I was going to get in the way of a new car and that's what I'm looking for, that'll do it. Is that what we're talking about? I was trying to work out as to what would be the best way of doing the garden. And it came to us in a flash. And by God, it was a real, real inspiring thought that was. I'll go and do it that way. Is that what we're talking about? Is it something else? Well, suggest that the best way to find out what we're talking about is to actually have a look at what the Bible says. Yeah, not a un particularly sort of uh, earth-shattering uh, thought or anything, is it? But, you know, let the Bible tell us what it's talking about. So, I'd like us to look at two different uh, quotations to find out what it says. First of them is in the second epistle that Paul wrote to Timothy. So it's well on in the New Testament, getting towards the end. Uh, so he's got this, two letters, the first letter and the second letter, and it's the, the one, the second letter that I wanted to look at. And it's chapter 3, and it's just two verses, verses 16 and 17. Now, all the quotations I'm going to be looking at and everything, uh, I'm going to be using the, uh, the authorised, the King James Version. However, uh, it doesn't really matter as to what version you're reading. You'll the, find that it's, it's saying the same. So, 2 Timothy chapter 3. Verses 16 and 17, the last two verses of the chapter. There we read, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good work. So that's what the Bible, it says, about itself, that it is given by inspiration. Now, I know I've just said that I'm going to using the authorised version, the King James Version, but for this quotation here and for the next one, I just want us to 
take a, a different handle. Um, and it's perhaps a, a quote, a version that you wouldn't normally um, perhaps pick up and, and use generally. It's by uh, Phillips. And he convert, um, interpreted these verses and translated them as all scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching the faith and correcting error for resetting the direction of a man's life and training him in good living. The scriptures are the comprehensive equipment of the man of God and fit him fully for all branches of his work. That's what they do. That's what they're useful for and it's because they have been inspired. What we're talking about is that they have been given and caused to be written down by God guiding the people that have done it. The other quotation is a little bit further on towards the end. Um, it's the one that we read, the second epistle of Peter. And in the first chapter, just want us to look really at the last two verses, or the last three verses, I should say. Um, verse 19. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place. Until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. And again, Phillips puts it this way. Thus, we hold the word of prophecy to be more certain than ever. You should give that word your closest attention, for it shines like a lamp amidst the darkness of the world until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. But you must understand that this is of the highest importance. No prophecy of scripture can be interpreted by a single human mind. No prophecy came because a man wanted it to. Men of God spoke because they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. Yes, the scripture, the Bible that we have in front of us, is the inspired word of God. This is the word that God has breathed into these people. 
This is breathed uh, out. It's inspired. It is the word of God. Inspired men, as we've just read, wrote as God gave them the message. The word of God is perfect. There are no mistakes in it. And it's been preserved for thousands of years. And translated into our native languages so that we're able to read the message that God has given us. But it's more than just a message from God to man. It's an invitation to become part of the family of God and to live with him through eternity. Every page and every letter of this amazing book is here for a reason and it carries the signature of God all the way through the Bible there are patterns types prophecies that God has hidden from plain view and urges us to seek out the whole message of the Bible can be seen in what seems like simple stories in the text and we'll look at one shortly. Even lists of people's ancestors can tell their own incredible story if we just take the time to search out the jewels that God has hidden for us. And so, in wondering as to how to show and to show not just to show how it's inspired but why and the reasons and what it can help us uh, how it can help us I thought I would take the, what we started with in that first reading at second Timothy chapter three if you remember it said that it was profitable for different things so God has caused to be written the different things that tell us as to what he's wanting why he's wanting us to do it and what's right and what's wrong Example is uh, in Corinthians, first epistle, the first letter to the Corinthians, and the fifteenth chapter. Words which well, actually they're often read at funerals but in actual fact they're words of hope of faith because that's what the first of this list of things that scripture is profitable for 
It's for doctrine. For teaching the faith, as Phillips put it. And here we see, verse 12, Paul, the, the writer, says, Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God, that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ risen. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. You're yet in your sins. Then they which also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits. Afterward, they that are Christ's at his coming. Yes, the Bible teaches that God raised Jesus from the dead. Therefore, we have faith in him that he will do the same for us obviously that whole um, section of our belief we could spend all day all afternoon all day looking at that alone we can't we've just got to get little snippets for you to be able to see and give you the uh, the carrot as it were to follow and to want you to make you want to look and discover more but yes doctrine it is there for doctrine to be able to teach us what we can believe in and so we can believe that Jesus rose from the dead and that we will do the same but then you know we're all human we all make mistakes and we can misunderstand perhaps um, things and get things so that we make a mistake we, 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 we start to believe in errors but the Bible is inspired so it will teach us how to correct those errors look at the first of the gospels Matthew chapter 16 and verse 23 Jesus has started to tell his disciples that he's going to go to Jerusalem and that when he's there he's going to suffer many things and in fact he's going to be killed 
but that he will be raised again on the third day. Peter, one of his disciples, took him and started to say, no, 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 that's, don't, don't do that. We, you know, you don't want to do that. Don't go there. You don't want to be, be taken and, and killed. And Jesus turns to him, verse 23. He, Jesus, turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan, for thou art an offence unto me. For thou savourest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. Jesus calls Peter Satan. But as you look around, most of the Christian community, you'll find that they will equate Satan as the devil. But the devil is a supernatural being, they say. Is Peter a supernatural devil? Surely not. Now look at First Corinthians. Sorry, I should have told you to keep your finger in there, in there shouldn't I? But uh, I want you to look now at chapter 5. First Corinthians. Just a couple of verses there. Verses 4 and 5. I'll start at verse 3. For I verily, as absent in body but present in spirit, have judged already, as though I were present, concerning him that has done this, thing, this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when ye are gathered together, and my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, to deliver such an one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Deliver this person who's done wrong, deliver him to Satan so that his spirit will be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus well again that doesn't sit with what a lot will say but it's what scripture's saying so it's obvious then that Satan here is to help save the man from his actions it's obvious that when we come across Satan, not necessarily, we're not talking about a immortal power of evil, but of something else. And again, because of time, we leave it at that. The next one in that list was correction. It's good for correction. 
or for resetting the direction of our life. So the previous was correcting error, but now this is for resetting, correcting the direction of our life. And for here, let us go to the fourth gospel. John. Now, say, as I said before, there are bits that um, can be seen in what seem like simple stories in the text. You think you read what you think is a straightforward story, something that's happened, and it's there for a reason, though. And here's one that's there for our correction, our resetting the direction of our life. See, in this chapter, in John chapter 2, we've got Jesus and the disciples being invited to a marriage in Cana, in Galilee. And they run out of wine. It's seen that it was as bad a a thing to have happen then as what it would be considered today. But Jesus' mother tells the servants, listen to Jesus, do what he tells you. And Jesus says, okay, these pots that you've got here, um, fill them with water. And it adds that these pots are um, two or three firkins. Now that's almost as incomprehensible to me as um, as talking about um, litres and or even any other sort of measurements that, uh, that we have nowadays. But let me try and sort of put it into something that perhaps you can visualise. Firkin's equal to about 39 and a half litres. So two or three firkins is about 100 litres. That's 600 litres of new wine. That's, if you're trying to work out what that's like, it's 800 bottles, or 4,800, 125 mil glasses. That's how much wine it was. They'd already had plenty. There's already... It was well on. This was now the end, and the um, the master of ceremonies, as we would call him today, goes over and says, "Why this, this wine? Why have you got all this good? Kept all this good wine till the end?" So it was well on, and, but there's still this mass of wine, and it was came from water bottles. There were water jars that were empty. What's the story? 
when you're ordering when you're organizing a wedding make certain you have enough wine no it's not that nothing to do with that it's to do with how the people then and you and I today how we should view things the firkin jars these jars of two or three firkins apiece they they actually were there to comply with the washing of the law that the law of the Old Testament stipulated and yet it was no good they couldn't come up with it couldn't actually do it it, it was they were empty they were no good empty bottles you can't clean wash your feet wash feet with empty bottles you've got to have the water it should have been there to wash them feet to purify them and so it's actually telling us that what is recorded in the, in the Old Testament the law that they had to follow and keep in every aspect it was no good there was something different they had to change their ways Consequently, you find that the disciples go out and start preaching and telling people to repent, to turn, go the other way, put behind them the things that they had relied on, and instead follow a new way a living way the way that is the way that leads to life and we need to change ourselves as the water was changed to wine and it wasn't just any old wine it was the best and we need to do that and we do it by reading and taking into our hearts and our minds what has been called, what God has caused to write down to be written within the scriptures. And so it says it's good for training, for instruction, for training in good living. And an example of that is uh, again Paul as he wrote to the Galatians. As he wrote to the Galatians, he, chapter 5, um, he, he starts, first of all, he, he, he speaks of, uh, he, he speaks of um, what they have left behind. Verse 19, the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of which I tell you before, and as I 
I've also told you in the past, in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But, but, the fruit of the Spirit, in other words, that was a list of what those who don't have any interest in, in God and in his son the Lord Jesus that's what they go and mankind in general will follow and, and produce in their lifetime but the fruit of the spirit the opposite the living for God and for his son Jesus the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, or envying one another. Let us ensure that we spend our time training in good living, in instruction, in living as the Lord God wants us to. No prophecy, Peter had written, can be interpreted by a single human mind. We don't make it say what we want it to. We instead let the scriptures, let the Bible tell us and interpret for us what it says. Because men of God spake because they were driven of God, he tells us. And so, whatever we have, we have here because God has recorded it. He wants us to look at it. He wants us to read it and he wants us to take it into our hearts so that we can live our lives in the way that he's asked. Even if we stumble as we go on. But it speaks not only of how we live now, but of things to come. Prophecy of the scripture, as Peter put it. And there are scriptures which tell us 
that things will happen in the future and these things are special they're not things that will be we can ignore um, again one example we can only very very briefly uh, think of it one example is a prophecy that was actually given by Jesus himself it's recorded in Luke chapter 21 some of it was fulfilled not that many years after his death in AD 70 because he said it's recorded verse 5 as some spake of the temple this was the, the temple in Jerusalem uh, how it was adorned with goodly stones and gifts he said as for these things which ye behold the day will come in which there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down and they asked him saying master but when shall these things be and what will be the sign of that they, when these things shall come to pass well he says the stone would be thrown down if you go to Jerusalem now and walk around the area just to the side outside the, the temple mount as it's called today you'll be able to see the stones there that have been killed as they tried to get at the riches, the, the gold. The Romans tried to get at the gold of the temple. There it is. It happened. You can go and see it today. But then it carries on, and some of the other things. Some of it started to be fulfilled in AD 70, but some of it comes right on to the present time. Verse 25 and 26. There'll be signs in the sun, in the moon, and the stars upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. It's a good picture of today, that isn't it? And we've we always sort of you know we've been saying that for a little while, but then you get sort of points like today, and yesterday, where North Korea fired a rocket that's. They said, would have, had it worked correctly, would have been capable, they were saying, of nuclear warfare once they had the nuclear bomb to put on it. And they think that they're not far from it. And they're getting worried. And the American vice president is in South Korea to try and make them feel a little better and to try and sort of show support for them 
And there's one example that's just happened in the last day or two. But there's so many other things, and on different levels as well, of, you know, as of the other week in this country. The horrendous famine that is ongoing in Africa at the present time. And we can go on, can't we? With all these things that are causing men's hearts to fail them for fear. Where they are worried and yes, this is now. And then it goes on. Then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And that's future. At some point. Now because of what else we read elsewhere in scripture. And things like what we've looked at in First Corinthians 15. Then we know that these things can happen. Jesus did rise from the dead. And these things that have been prophesied will happen. Will happen. But verse 28 is even closer in the future. Because that says when these things begin to come to pass when they start as agreed they have started then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draws nigh yes the time will come when the son of man the Lord Jesus will come again we know it because it's here in scripture because these scriptures have been inspired have been breathed out by God so that men have been driven by him to record what we've read There is only then one thing to do. You've seen what it says. We've seen what this word of God is. His word. And that as such, it carries every authority with it. So go on. Show him your worth. Show him your honour. And see his glory. By searching his word today. And don't get caught out. Because. We can leave it a bit longer. We can't. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, videos, 
Information about what we believe and details of our meeting times go to our website, ormskirtchristadelphians.org.uk. Thank you.